You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Barallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio, and as you have heard by now, the New York Jets have their 20th ever head coach as Robert Sala, a man we discussed last night and have been discussing for some time now for a few weeks as his name has emerged as a potential candidate, the former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, agreed last night at around, I want to say about 3.17 my time uh, in the AM. I got a text that said Salah is official. And uh, the reaction from Jets fans everywhere seemed to be one of jubilation, excitement. People were, I mean, the, the contrast from the way fans felt about the Adam Gase hire to this hire is just, I mean, you know, we're talking the Grand Canyon in terms of the, the difference, the gap from the fan reaction and how everyone's feeling about this. In Salah, the Jets believe they have that CEO type that they said they were looking for. That guy who can command a room, who's going to pay attention to both the offense and the defense. As I said on last night's episode, you have to love the fact that he played some tight end in college. And he's, he's a guy who has been at the helm of the 49ers defense for four years now couple of rough years there early on, had an infusion of talent, and uh, now, hang on just one second, and now they bring in Robert Sala, a guy who, the number of injuries that were suffered last year by the San Francisco 49ers was really sort of, as much as Jets fans complained about the guys that were hurt for, for gangrene, you look at the 49ers injuries and this was uh, something we were well aware of, but I saw it tweeted out last night. Dylan Terman shot this tweet over to me, and uh, he actually um, will be joining us here in a little bit. Alex Varallo may be joining us. This was all, of course, uh, had to be put together last night, and I believe Dylan is with us now. Dylan, are you there? Hey, yeah, Glenn, can you hear me? I can hear you, Dylan. Um, how you feeling, buddy? Awesome. I know this was your top choice. It was one that oh, I was... Yeah. Um, I was lukewarm on because, again, I, I was dead set on getting a guy with head coaching experience. But when the names kind of emerged and we were hearing who, you know, who the Jets liked, I probably liked Salah more than most of the other guys. I would have liked to have seen some other guys brought in. But what are your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, so for me, I'm over the moon. I mean, when that came down last night at a little after 10 p.m., I was just winding down, getting ready to go to sleep. And. I just got that, that jolt of energy, like I was ready to go run through a wall. So, I mean, it's been a roller coaster of a week for Jets fans regarding Robert Sala and the whole process. We alluded to it last night, if you were listening live, but we had to scrap the whole episode that we did. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, this was my top guy, and it was the two-for-one that we got as well with Mike LaFleur coming over as the yeah. offensive coordinator as well. So, I mean, everything seems to look good on paper. He got the five-year agreement, which is in alignment with Joe Douglas. He has five years left on his six-year deal. So, hey, maybe we can finally start getting the pieces going in the right direction, and so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, the, the LaFleur thing, if that comes to fruition, which it sounds like it's going to, um, you know, listen, it, it's, a, it's a big move in that, and I, 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 wish, I, I wish I could say, I know I would never say the guy's name again, but anyone but Adam Gase at this point, right? I mean, I went back just after the yeah. hire. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is what my night went like, uh, Dylan. We, we wrapped up our show last night. I figured I'd stay up for a couple of hours in case any news broke. No news broke. I fell asleep on my couch at about 1.30 in the morning. I woke up at 3.05, don't know why, just did, and thought, oh, I'm going up to bed. I'm going to call it a night. That's 3.05, literally 3.12, I get the text message, it's Sala. And I was like, damn it, I'm up for the rest of the night. And haven't really slept much since then. I got a, got a quick nap earlier. Um, so two hours sleep in the last 24, 30 hours or so. But anyway, um, this is a move that – I. I I don't see how you cannot be in favor of it. I know. And, and I don't see many people who aren't. There are a few people. Mm-hmm. And, and I said I was going to be cautiously optimistic. You know, no matter who they hire, I'm going to stay calm. And then they got Sala, and I was, I was ecstatic. Because you just start, and especially when you hear the, the name Lafleur, Because at the point I was making about yeah. Case was, we saw how stagnant, boring, unimaginative his offense was. After the hire, I go back and watch a couple of 49ers games. And... Right away, you know, first couple of plays, I'm seeing motion. I'm seeing play action. I'm seeing reverses, trick plays. And it's just like, this is what an offense in the NFL is supposed to look like. Not just line up, drop back, throw. Frank or Frank or line up, drop back, throw. Like, get guys moving. Put your quarterback in a position yep. to succeed. And that's hopefully what the Jets have done here. But now, you know, the thing that really we need to discuss is the fact that uh, and this is, you know, a few people have touched on this, the fact that Adam Schefter came out after the move, and, and you know, Schefter is, is probably the top insider in the league, him and Rappaport, the two top guys. Um, and Schefter says that he would be surprised if Sam Darnold is not the quarterback for this team in 2021. And, and, and as Rich Samini pointed out, the offense that Sam Darnold, that they expect him to be trying to run under the floor is not a lot different from the offense that Sam Darnold ran as a rookie where Sam Darnold had moments where he looked like he was going to be a franchise quarterback. So now listen, here's my position on Sam Darnold. I, I, I think, I think I've confused some people because it may seem as though I'm, I'm changing positions. Um, I've, I've been, I love Darnold from the second they drafted him. Um, believed he was going to be the guy that, that those, you know, granted small sample size, but that stretch right at the end of his rookie year where he had two, three games, you know, the game where he goes toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, the game where, you know, he, he gives the Texans and, and Deshaun Watson all they can handle. You're like, this is the guy now, right? Um, so so I've, I've been a big Darnold guy, and then I wrote an article a few weeks ago saying they've, they've got to move on from him. But I was clear. Not everyone. I think some people just read the headline and they react to that. The headline was the Jets oh, yeah. have to move on. Um, what I said in the article was taking all things into consideration, the fact that whether you like Darnold or not, 
and despite the lack of weapons, a point that cannot be disputed. The poor offensive line, despite the slight improvement, cannot be disputed. The fact he had the worst coach in the NFL cannot be disputed. I don't argue any of that stuff. My whole point was, given the fact he's coming up on the end of this rookie contract, and if he's going, like the, the, I think the, the situation the Jets are in, Darnold has regressed so much under Adam Gase that he has to get better just to get back to where he was. So if you get him back to where he was as a rookie by, say, the end of 2021, and he's, he's putting up some big games and, and, you know, and putting up some, some impressive numbers, maybe you go 6-10. and 10. Well, then after that, if you're, you know, I heard speculation last night, they'll probably pick up his 50-year option if they're going to keep him. If you do that, you're now looking at paying $25 million for a quarterback who, even though might be trending in the right direction, is nowhere near a $25 million-a-year quarterback. So, no. I think that with the pending price tag and the lack of production, I don't know that Darnold can do enough in the short time he has to justify the money it would take to keep him. Now, listen, you could say we're going to keep him next year and we're not going to exercise that option. And if he plays well enough, we'll Mm -hmm. give him a huge contract. And if he doesn't, we won't. And, you know, that is another way to go about it. But the problem there is even if Darnold improves marginally, which you have every reason to expect he will because Adam Gase is gone, what do you do if he plays just well enough to put you in position where you don't feel like there's, that you're in a spot to draft a quarterback? What if you're drafting 18th and the top quarterbacks? And, and listen, the, the valid point that I've made in years past, you, look at the playoffs right now. How many playoff quarterbacks right now were taken in the top five or ten? Were any of them? They were all middle, late first rounders. So you can find these guys. Well, Baker being the, the exception. For, but Lamar, part, right? Yeah, there's a couple. I think there's two. Lamar and the yeah, round Josh one. Allen, Josh Allen would be the other one, but that would. Okay, so so yeah. of the six that are playing Mahomes tomorrow, was 12. four of them. Yeah. What's that? Mahomes was twelve, so that's more middle of the, right. the round. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm just talking yeah. outside the top ten because that's late. kind of where right. a five-six win season will put you in the middle of the first round. So I'm thinking from eleven and beyond. So, because that's probably that's yep. where the Jets will be if Darnold has an okay year. Right, we went five and or we went seven and nine and picked eleven last year. Right, so. right. So you can you can still be in position to get a quarterback. You might not get the consensus Mel Kiper number one or the Todd McShay number one, but as we've seen in years past, that doesn't always pan out. But as mm-hmm. far as my feelings on Sam Darnold, absolutely got screwed here. The weapons were terrible. The line was terrible. The coaching was worse than all of them combined. So I would love for Sam Donald to stay and flourish and play at a higher level because even with those excuses built in, if you want to, if you're even, even if you want to take those excuses on board, there's no denying the fact that if you watch Sam Donald on film on the all 22, there are far too many instances where he has wide open guys down the field and doesn't even see them. And the number of interceptions mm-hmm. he threw this year that were into double and triple coverage were rookie mistakes. And those were the things I, I hung with Darnold, like, stay with Darnold, stay with Darnold, like, for as long as I could. But every time I Same, saw yeah. these double, triple coverage throws, I was like, can you really enough pass on enough. a quarterback at – yeah, can you pass on a quarterback at two with a third-year guy mm-hmm. who's making these throws? And I don't know that you can, but if – and, and I, I tweeted this out the other day. The single biggest factor in whether or not Sam Darnold remains is going to be what the new head coach – feels about him now if he if they bring in LaFleur and LaFleur says I can win with this kid no and and I I made this point on the show last night Dylan 
I'll only repeat it because people aren't going to go back and listen to that. It's that show was obsolete two hours after we recorded. <laughs> yeah. So I'll repeat what I said last night. If you're if if your new guy comes in and says, "Listen, uh, Joe Douglas and, and and Robert Sala, I will never get Sam Darnold to play at a level that justifies his draft slot. However, I can get him to play well enough to win. And if 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 the pieces around him are right, if the defense is stellar." then we can win with this kid. Because if you're the GM, I mean, if, I'm thinking if you're Joe Douglas, that's exactly what you want to hear. Because now you can roll with your, your number two overall pick, and trading down is on the table. You don't have to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It opens up a million options. It gives you flexibility. If, if that guy comes in and says, this kid's not winning anything, then that's it. You're locked in. You have to take a quarterback who may or, not, may or may not be any better than Sam Darnold. Am I out of my mind in saying that, Dylan? No, no, I don't think so at all. And when you first started, you said something about changing positions uh, based on Sam Darnold. And I, I think it's fair, given the context now, with the head coaching hire that is in place with Robert Sala. If Mike LaFleur is the OC, it looks like it is. If he's coming over, it makes more sense to keep Darnold. But as far as the dollar standpoint and the pure regression standpoint, it's hard to justify keeping him when you are in a position at the second overall pick in the draft to go get a quarterback, whether, you know, it is Justin Fields or just, yeah, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, who I know you're more on Wilson and I'm more on Fields, but I think regardless at the end of the day, if they think even marginally that these guys are better than Sam Darnold, they have to go and take the shot because you don't normally get this type of situation. And like you said, if you even win four, five, six games, you're already out of the running and you're forced to trade back up. And we saw that with Sam Darnold. We traded three second-round picks. We traded up for a quarterback, depleted ourselves of draft assets to surround him with talent, and we don't want to go into that endless cycle again. So I don't think it's bad to change your position on Darnold and say, hey, if they keep him, it's, it's worth it, because I think we've always said that from the beginning, depending on the hire, but it, it still doesn't make sense from an overall standpoint, when you look at all the variables in play. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And I, you know, so I, I can, I sympathize. I, I, I agree with both sides. Uh, maybe the part of me that wants to keep Sam Darnold is uh, maybe it's the, 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 the draft maniac in me. And I want to see the Jets be able to maneuver and do what they want on draft day, as opposed to being forced to pick a quarterback. Um, and, you know, and the other part of it too, and, a few people have said this to me, you know, Sam Darnold and Mel Kuyper actually said it the other day um, or a week or two ago, whenever he said it. And I've had a couple of people say it to me, Sam Darnold was a better prospect coming out of college than, than either of the quarterbacks that are going to be on the board. He's, he's got a higher, you know, he, he's got a higher draft grade. But as I, as I said, as you've said, he's not that guy anymore. He's regressed. He's a, he's a drop back lock onto one guy and throw it, whether he's open or not quarterback. He's that, which is essentially, as much as I hate to say it, that's Mark Sanchez. That's Geno Smith. That's what Sam has become. Mm-hmm. Running out of bounds, you know, running out of bounds instead of throwing the ball away. Rookie mistakes, uh, double and triple coverages. Yep. Can you fix all of that? I don't know. If listen, I would love for them to. I would love for somebody to come in and say we're going to break this all down, even if it means look early in the year we are going run heavy. We're only going to throw the ball twelve, fifteen times a game for the first five, six games of the year. We're going to pound the rock, you know, and that's where, as I said, that there's, you know, well, Najee Harris was, uh, he was a guy I was considering with, with Smith, but either way, do you bring in a power back and, and, mm-hmm. or even, even just go with a, a, you know, 
a versatile running game where you where you take multiple approaches and use multiple backs, which is what the Niners just did. Um, we both said how this this could be big for Ty Johnson because he's a guy that you look oh, at yeah. his game and you look at San Fran. He could this could be a perfect fit for him. And I'd said I think it was yesterday that you know he's a guy I wish we'd seen more of because I think he can be a player. And uh, I think if they see what this guy did on film, if you watch him in college, you watch him last year when he got carries. I think he's a guy who can excel in this offense. So it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, and Jets fans, look, you have every right to be excited. They're, listen, the skeptic in me is saying it's another unproven guy. It's another guy who's never done it. Mm-hmm. He's going to come here and try to learn how to be a head coach on the job. And listen, that it doesn't happen often. I made the point the other day that how often do we see first-time head coaches take over bad football teams and win Super Bowls? It almost never happens. You, you know, I can think of in the last 20, 30, 35 years, a handful of times, and some of the, you know, people, someone says, oh, what about Mike Tomlin? He took over a team that had just won the Super Bowl. He didn't take over a bad team. Um, there are some right. examples. Someone said, oh, John Gruden in Tampa. Sure. That was an all-star team. That, was, that team should have yeah, won three yeah. Super Bowls. If Tony Dungy done a better job, that team won three Super Bowls. That was an all-star team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gruden came in year one, but he wasn't a rookie head coach, and that team was loaded. Now, you can say Doug Peterson, and was that catching lightning in a bottle because, you know, because of how well Nick Foles yeah. played down the stretch? Exactly. You know, the, um, the, you know there are some – and I, I honestly made can't remember. Super Bowl, but, yeah, and, uh, made listen, it Har- to the Super Bowl, but I don't think – yeah. Harbaugh did it in Baltimore, right? Sean mm-hmm. Payton in New Orleans. Now, I can't remember with Payton in New Orleans. On, I don't know why. I don't remember how good or bad the Saints were before he got there. Probably because he's been there for a million years. Um, but of course that's having true. Drew Brees helps. Like if the Jets had a Drew Brees right now, I'd feel a lot better. So that, that's course. sort of the, you know, w- when you do find these guys who do it, they tend to, you know, they tend to come into situations where they have a franchise quarterback, which the Jets at this point, we can't say they do. And if they're going to stick with Darnold, you still, you know, you're going to say, all right, w- what we have now is a project who has played very poorly mm-hmm. more often than he's played very well. So e- either way, I mentioned Ty Johnson. Which players do you think – and this will be a short one, Dylan, because we did a full show last night. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Alex may not be able to join us. But uh, just give me your thoughts on which players you think will benefit the most, and, uh, and I'll throw out a few names myself. Yeah, so I, I absolutely agree on uh, Ty Johnson. I think when he was carrying the football compared to the other running backs, you could just tell that he had that burst, that energy. I remember the first carry he took – 30 40 50 yards and then they pulled him out on the bench and we all were like why we finally have something going in the run game and they pull him mm-hmm. so I'm super excited for Ty Johnson um Quinn and Williams I mean I think DeForest Buckner when I think of what he can do in the defense that Rob Sala likes to run I think of John Franklin Myers in the same way like Eric Armstead maybe coming off the end I, there's so many possibilities for this D line. I'm super excited, but then for the, for the back end of the defense, I'm really excited for Bryce Hall. I think if they can match him with a veteran corner, I know maybe Richard Sherman, he's kind of followed Sala from Seattle to San Fran. Maybe he comes along. Um, but I think the sky is also the limit for Bryce Hall. And I think he can really flourish under this type of defense. Yeah. I, I think that, um, the, the Quinn and Williams thing is one of the first things people talked about. And Salah, listen, Salah, I've said before, you know, there's, and, you know, in years past, over the last three, four, five years, it feels like it has never mattered less um, 
with, with what base defense you run. Whether you're a three four or four yep. three base, doesn't matter. Everybody's a nickel. Everyone's Every, going, yep. you know. Even when teams are in, you know, even when teams have a tight end or two tight ends, one of them is built and moves like a wide receiver. So you need a DB on them. Um, the days of just being able to put your your outside linebacker or you know any any of your backers or slow safeties on these plotting tight ends, you can't do that anymore. Um, so three four four three isn't as big of a factor. But if you want to if you want to talk base defense, do the Jets go four three now? Because um, really, C.J. Mosley, you know, I, I, I mentioned that's something I've mentioned. I, I'm not as comfortable with his return as some Jets fans mm-hmm. seem to be. I don't know that a guy who just turned 29 and took two years off because of major injuries. Well, one year missed due to major injury. One year he sat out because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be the same guy? Everyone's just like, oh, shut up. He's an all-world player. What do you mean? What are we getting in him? You're getting a guy who's – I did the math. What was it? I look back at his, his last full – by the time he steps on the field, assuming he steps on the field week one this year, it will have been almost three years since the last time he played a full football game. Wow. Like, that's, that's crazy. You know, that's or, or two and a half years, whatever it will be, since he, he, you know, he appeared in two games, played a handful of snaps, got injured both times, and then missed the next full season. And now we've got this whole off season. So, and if I'm not mistaken, no, he, yeah, he was, so yeah, so he missed all of the first year, all the second year, and now he's about to not play football for the next, you know, what, 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 what how many months till four October? Months. Uh, you know, when is, when is October? five months, yeah. Yeah, so what, uh, yeah, all five months back that, on the field? Well, yeah. So yeah, you're, August you're talking get back on the field, so eight months at a minimum, yeah. Yeah, so you're talking, you're talking, and I, that might be the number I can't. You're talking like thirty, thirty-two months since the last time this man played a full football game, and he's had surgery during that time, and he's twenty-nine years old now. So everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, he's how much man, is actually left in that tank?" Right. Yeah, I don't, and and, and listen, tough. there's two years on the couch with uh, you know, like sixty million in the bank. Does that affect how hard you try? Like, are you like, you know what? This gig isn't so bad. I got tens of millions in the yeah. bank. I just kind of do what I want to do. Like, I don't know. Listen, he might come back and he may have heard all the doubters and he might come back and play his best football ever. I have no idea. But that's my point. We have no idea. We don't know what we're getting in this guy. Exactly. Now. Yeah. We can get anything from, you know, a, a half of football out of him for the whole year or he, he could take it as far as, you know, winning comeback player of the year. The the spectrum when it comes to the possibilities with him are just too wide. And unfortunately, the money that the Jets are kind of tied in with him, I mean, it's really hard to move him. Oh, so yeah. you, if, he, yeah, if he has to come, you know, he, if he's coming back to camp and he's he wants to play, yeah, they have no choice. They can't move him. They yeah, can't you're not, you can't him, move so. him for a couple more years. He's, he's here exactly. for a couple more so years. So you're hoping that, like, at, at a minimum, he's bringing back, you know, the leadership and, you know, the ability to call out some of the offense's plays and do, do the, some of that, those types of things to help the younger players around him. But I don't think you can expect him to come back and be, you know, Pro Bowl or All-Pro caliber again. And if he makes the Pro Bowl, that's great. I think Jets fans would be more than excited if that was the, the C.J. Mosley we got coming back. But, yeah, it's tough. It's tough and it's crazier when you think about it that he scored the first touchdown of the 2019 season yeah. for the Jets and everything was, since then has just been on so, that end zone that so happened a few feet from me and then it's it's been all downhill oh from goodness. there. Yeah, it's so unfortunate because he was like one of the guys that you know 
when the free agent list comes out, you're like, oh, yeah, the Jets got to go get that guy. We've got money this year. And C.J. Yep. Mosley was on that list for a lot of people. So it's really unfortunate that's sort of that, that the fan favorite. That's you hope could transform the defense. Yep. Yeah, well, listen, so let's say if you go to a 4-3, you know, now, now you're going to – because we're all assuming Henry Anderson will be cut, and he will at that $10 million mm-hmm. price tag. Let's say if they like him, maybe they say, look, you come back at $4 million, we'll keep you. Otherwise, we'll let you hit the street, and you can sign for 3 or $4 million somewhere else. Um, exactly. But $10 million, he's certainly not getting. Um, of course, Indianapolis mm-hmm. traded him initially because they didn't think he was a fit for a 4-3. But now you kind of have to say, all right, if, if Salah sticks with a 4-3, which is what he ran in San Francisco, are you in a position where now one of these nine draft picks, which I think we will see turn into 12, 13, 14, I think there's going to be a lot of trading. I mean, listen, this mm-hmm. team needs like – 46 players. Too many okay? holes. Yep, exactly. Nine draft picks and a few free agents isn't going to cut it. There, uh, there needs to be, uh, you know, this team needs to have 12, 13, 14 draft picks when all is said and done. Um, but, you know, does one of those, do they now have to allocate some draft capital toward the, the D line if they go to a 4-3? Or do they just stick with the guys they grab a couple, you know, sort of lower tier free agents to, because listen, your top guys, you're set. You know, with, with, with mm-hmm. Quinnen and Franklin Myers, and uh, and Nate, the way Nathan Shepard came on late in the year, don't forget Kyle Phillips, the way he played the year before. Um, Fabricasi, yep. of course, Kasi. like you're set. Your top three, yep. four, five, you're set. But uh, if you want a couple more guys, you know, there'll have to be some moves made. But listen, there is going to be, you know, we're going to cut this one short. This was just to get our initial reaction. And by the way, if you are a small business, medium business, large business owner, and you need someone to help you run all of your social media platforms, Check out Miles Social at milesocial.com, the official sponsor of Jet Nation Radio, Miles Social. That is milesocial.com. Check them out. Let them run your business, uh, your businesses, social media platforms for you. But we will cut this one short, Dylan. Uh, we just wanted quick reaction, quick thoughts. We now have, you know, four or five days to, to mull this over, let some more news drop, hopefully some more names on who will be joining the coaching staff players that will be affected. Um, some of the stuff we talked about tonight on a, on a larger scale when hopefully Alex can join us and we'll wrap things up for tonight. But listen, be excited, Jets fans. We got a guy who looks like the friggin' rock uh, on the sidelines. And we got, uh, what is it, uh, you know, Joe Douglas. Like I said, those guys could be a tag team. I'd take them against any, any head coach and GM combo in the NFL. And uh, That'll do it for us, Dylan. Thanks so much for coming on, and we will uh, we'll catch up again Tuesday night. Awesome. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.
Peace.